Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Frank Vogel did not name a starting lineup on Thursday after practice, but he did give some indications on how he might reach that decision. Plus, whose job is it to motivate Anthony Davis? We'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of every day. Reminder, it's like basketball season. We're here five days a week, Andy, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can catch us here. You can catch us on the Locked On Lakers YouTube channel uh, where you can subscribe. You get the podcast. You get all the breaking news. And Andy, a little, little fun here. Sometimes we put the podcast up early on the YouTube channel for people who can't wait until midnight the next day. As I like to say, for the sickos who like to watch. We are extremely handsome people, though. So oh, I yeah. totally understand. No, um, I get it. So a lot to it's cover. the reason I watch. <laughs> and I already know what we look like. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what? Still can't get enough. <laughs> handsome be handsome eye candy's um, eye candy baby that's right so um a lot to get into today uh we'll see if we can get to rajan rondo had some interesting comments just about his role and uh the larger team dynamic that uh are, are certainly worth a couple minutes um, but anthony davis he uh spoke you know both uh earlier over the course of the week guys at media day russell westbrook has talked about him lebron james and just the idea of how we're you know going to get the best out of Anthony Davis this year. But, Andy, all things start with the starting lineup. Indeed. That's always a big old talking point for the season. Frank Vogel did not name one <laughs> Thursday <laughs> afternoon. But uh, he did. I cannot believe that Frank Vogel has not already named a starting lineup for a completely brand new assembled roster two days after camp started. Four days before the first preseason game. What's the delay? Um, you know, is Frank Vogel too indecisive? Next on Locked on Lakers. I don't know how um, the hell this guy got an extension. So, you know, it wasn't a very long one. <laughs> That's probably why. He obviously is not going to name the starting lineup, but we did get a little bit of insight into how he might get to that decision. Mike Trudell, Lakers reporter, um, you know, from Spectrum Sports, that you know him from just following the Lakers because he's great. Um, he asked the question to Vogel, like, what are you looking for there? Is it a matter of the best defender? Is it the guy who spreads the floor the most, the, the hottest shooter, um, whatever that might be? And I thought Vogel's response was interesting. He basically said, not necessarily either one of those. He didn't immediately default to defense. He didn't immediately default to the guy who was shooting the best. Um, and I, I thought that just by itself for people who think he you know, would automatically, like I know, you know we talk about a lot, go straight to defense. He didn't do that when answering the question. Well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't you know, dedicate himself to that in terms of an ethos. I mean, we still got a ways to go between now and we, when he eventually has to make up his mind. And Vogel did say that it would take minimum the first four preseason games to really even have an idea of what he wants for the starting lineup. And it might actually take all six, which – Makes sense because he he noted how they are at a, a continuity disadvantage was the phrase that he used compared to most contenders around the league just because they're ro nobody's roster was more shuffled than this one and that's before yeah, I, my, you my favorite part was of the day was when he was talking about like 
teaching the defensive principles and this and that. And he's like, the guys who've been here for two or three years are, you know, I'm like, okay, two of them. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how much you're counting Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard who are sure. you know, returning no, just, from but the point being, it's a yeah. brand new bunch of dudes. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that continuity disadvantage is, is going to make it. So, I mean, Vogel truly does not have enough information mm-hmm. to even make up his mind if he wanted to right now. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, the, the Kyle Goon of the Southern California News Group tweeted out uh, from practice that, you know, they saw combinations with Kendrick Nunn next to Russell Westbrook and DeAndre Jordan on the floor, you know, with the big three, um, and, you know, f- those two guys filling it out. There's going to be a lot of different combinations that they're going to work with. Um, two things stuck out to me, though. The first one is, if you happen to be, he said, Vogel did, you know, we're going to f- try to find as many two-way players as we can. Just stick, thinking just about the, the starting two guard, for example. If you can be one of those guys, if you can answer the question of hot shooter um, or defender by being both, you, you officially have the inside track to being the starting two. And by the way, potentially the starting three if the you know Anthony Davis does indeed start at at center as expected, so um, that it really how that plays out, like the guy who can get to I'm a good two way player first has the inside track to either one of those spots. Well, I mean that's a big reason, Brian, that I, I've said for a, you know a few weeks now, if not longer, that I, I've been expecting Kent Bazemore to be in that starting lineup because at least on paper he is, I think, the best two way role player they have, you know, as far as guys who would qualify as wings, you know, somewhere between one and three. I don't I don't think there's any better two-way role player, at least in terms of what has been established so far for this season. Maybe if you maybe if you believe what you still have in Trevor Ariza and you still consider Trevor Ariza as much a three if you know than a four, you know, at at this stage of his career. And I'm those are those are significant Maybes. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think Trevor can contribute this season. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has. But I, I, I would reason, say, by I'm, the way, just as a housekeeping note, did not practice on Thursday, I believe, or Wednesday, Vogel said. With no, a, he a practiced tender, Wednesday. Practiced Wednesday, not Thursday for sure, uh, on a tender ankle. So just kind of they're, they're already kind of keeping an eye on some of these guys. Yeah. Vogel said that he, he did not think it was anything that they're particularly concerned about. They're just being really conservative for right sure. now. But, you know, a guy like you, you mentioned before, Kendrick Nunn, he's not a stopper by any stretch in terms of what he's done uh, defensively in his career. Actually, defense has been a reason that he at times struggled to stay in, in the lineup in Miami, which was right. really a defense first team. But I do think he's been largely a defensive neutral or has been at times defensively neutral. If he can, you know, if he can be neutral enough with some upper end offense that could maybe give him a look. I mean, some of this is going to come down to floor combinations and right. the best way is to it, utilize is overkill. Guys. Is it overkill to have yes. Kendrick Nunn in the starting lineup? The answer to that may be yes. But, but I will say the idea that I love the idea that they're already looking at can Nunn and Westbrook play together? Because while I would not expect Nunn to start, um, I do think that's probably a little much and it, it it does take away a little bit of your second unit scoring in terms mm-hmm. of how at least you conceive of it the idea that those two guys could play together or potentially that you could use Kendrick Nunn in a finishing lineup 
in a backcourt with Westbrook and Kent Bazemore, probably you need the length or Ariza um, and LeBron and AD. I love that they're already looking at that because we had that conversation before. Like you asked the question, who's the fourth best player on the Lakers? And my answer to that is Kendrick Nunn. And generally speaking, you could have, is is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, that it's immaterial to the, to the answer to the question. Generally speaking, when you can put your best players on the floor, you benefit now size disadvantage for sure. Um, but the, the, you know, the, the, the potential in terms of basketball sounds good. You mentioned Bazemore though, uh, before we move on from this, who do you think is, I think the reluctance with Bazemore from some people I would suspect is that the three point shooting might be a bit of a mirage and you know, the idea is too, he could occupy one of two potential spots in the, in the starting lineup they're available. Who do you think is the most likely dude to be able to emerge as that two-way player among the other guys that are left? Again, some of this depends on where you think uh, Ariza can play. Because if you think that he can, if you think that he I'm can, I'm still be, thinking more. I'm leaning more to the backcourt, but I keep forgetting that Trevor is an option here. You're right. right. I mean, or you know, I mean, it's interesting too. I mean, it, LeBron is the wild card in all this because you can. LeBron A is always going to be a point guard in a very large respect, no matter what you call him. The label is kind of irrelevant, but right. LeBron can also play anywhere you want, other than. I guess center unless it's certain lineups. So, you know, there there are there's flexibility particularly if you've got AD at the 5 where say you could look at Bazemore at the 2 to give you that best, you know, defensive two-way potential, play LeBron technically at the 3, Ariza at the 4. Well, Ariza or even if say you wanted the spacing Mello. Mello. And you could you could look at okay, we've got LeBron AD and Bazemore out there. Those are those are three of our best defenders, maybe our three best defenders, and those guys can offset some of the things that you have to worry about with Mello out there. Like so yeah. much gets unlocked in terms of optionality when you have Davis at the five. It's it's among the many reasons we've said it actually is you know a pretty significant thing if he plays the majority of his minutes at the five. It just Gives right. Frank Vogel so many different options. And lets them use those Dwight Howard and, and DeAndre Jordan minutes far more strategically than he otherwise might. So this obviously will not be the last conversation that we have. I, about I, I will say, lineup. though, uh, for for people, though, if you're, if you're starting to look for clues, because I do think Frank Vogel is telling the truth that he really does not know and he's really going to be taking his time. We have so we have those seen tells in the past, like during Vogel's first season with the Lakers. He said that it was an open competition for you know the quasi point guard that wasn't LeBron in the starting lineup. You knew about twenty minutes into the season that it was Avery Bradley. Yeah, like it was just obvious the way <laughs> Vogel was talking about Avery that that was the choice. No matter this how year. much Vogel tried to make it like you know this this undecided thing, you know, it's like no, it's it's Avery Bradley. Yeah, it's Avery. So, so you'll know. Yeah. I think you'll have, you'll have an idea. But, actually, but I do, believe, idea. I do think it's going to take a little bit, and I do think that you're what you said before, with like you know the lineup with Melo. There are so many combinations that work, which is part of the reason that this is both fun, but it's also a thing for, that the coaching staff is really going to have to work through. Because as a fan, you really do want them 
to take the time to work through all of these floor combinations. A lot of it will happen in practice. They'll get they'll get some ideas of what they need, and then other things happening in games. And you know, the, the, those first twenty games are going to be a laboratory. Um, all right, Anthony Davis has been the subject of conversation. Russell Westbrook's talked about him. LeBron James has talked about him. Frank Vogel has talked about him. And all of it in the context of what needs to be done to make AD the most dominant two-way player in the NBA. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Indeed. If you're the hiring expert for your company, what you really need is to help make your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who makes your life easier. You need Indeed. It's the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resume match your job description only pay for candidates with must-have qualifications. Schedule complete interview video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. You get tools like the Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. An Indeed skills test that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. Combined. So Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Terms and conditions may apply. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're like me, and I bet you wish you were, uh, you need something that's good for you, gets you through the day, keeps you busy while you're taking the kids back and forth from school, doing your your work, trying to get a little exercise in, but you want it to be healthy and you want it to taste good, and that's Built Bar. It's high in protein, but it's low in sugar and calories, and the improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. 18 flavors, including the six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. Built Bar can also calm your sweet tooth like it calms mine, even without all the sugar, because they are still coated in 100% chocolate. And like unlike some protein bars, they're actually soft and easy to chew. So you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your next order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Anthony Davis is certainly as fascinating a storyline as we've got in it, because he was not good last year. I mean, by any standard, I think that is... I would not say I, I think he was not good Anthony, is too strong. I think I think that is too by, strong. By the standard, I don't think by the standard that you set for Anthony, I'm not saying there weren't mitigating circumstances, but the overall performance for Anthony Davis for what you expect out of him, what his, you know, what the 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 caliber of play he's capable of and what the Lakers he did not get there. He wasn't good. I, I don't dis- I don't disagree with him. that. I just I I think it's important just in terms of evaluating all this to maintain some degree of perspective. And he played below his standards. I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I, I think was not good is too strong for what he actually did. I just, okay. But I mean, I, for, for what I'm talking about here, I'm, t- I'm grading him relative to the standard okay. that he Fair. should have. And he was below okay. it. Okay. Um, I think he would tell you that. Uh, no, I, uh, I have heard him say it. Right. So we but he'd come to your house, Andy, and tell you specifically you, um, be kind of cool. 
<laughs> it'd be really cool <laughs> and weird. <laughs> like you, frankly, uh, it'd be really embarrassing. My house compared to his, it would be. I, I would much rather just me go to his house for me to. Tell. It's all, at that point. You like he's <laughs> almost like a, like a twelve stepper, like making amends. <laughs> he's yeah. apologizing to everyone. No, but I, I would much, I would year. much rather have this confrontation at his house. Like it just, it sounds more enjoyable. I, I think it's more appropriate. Ice ceilings. It, well, it's um, it's much less underwhelming. Yeah, um, that's true. And so, you know, getting him back to where he needs to be. Vogel at, at Media Day talked about the idea of, you know, Palink. I'm sorry, Palink in his meeting talked about him being the best two way player in the NBA again. Uh, Vogel talked about you know the ability for him to dominate. And earlier in, in this week at practice, Russell Westbrook talked about like his job being in part to bring the best out of Anthony Davis. It's very clear that the the stars, the coaching staff and everyone are focused you know in in when they think when you think of the big 3, a major part of that is maximizing Anthony Davis in every way possible. Yeah, LeBron talked about uh wanting to see angry Anthony Davis this year like the, like the equivalent of how AD looks Every time the Packers lose, because he, he's a, despite being from Chicago, he is a massive Packers fan. And, you know, wanting to see that dude, Frank Vogel talked about how Davis in the offseason, he's added some muscle and, and, and imposing was the word that he used. And I, I don't think when he's talking about, uh, when Frank Vogel is talking about AD being imposing, he's, he's describing him there. But I think there's, there's a bit of a Freudian slip in the sense that, He's also projecting what he wants to see, like literally Anthony Davis being this imposing figure and Russell Westbrook saying that, you know, he's going to push AD every game, every practice, every day, so he can be at the top of his game every day, every night. And that is his job. It It's a fascinating thing because some of this, I think, has to do with Anthony Davis's personality. We've talked about this before, Brian. Like he... He can be a very assertive player. He can be a very aggressive, dominant player, but it is not in his nature to force his stamp on a game. Like it's just, even I think I when he is, yeah. even when he's really dominating a game, like it, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily his inherent go-to mode. It's not. How, how about as a comparison? Westbrook is always yes a force of nature. Always. Yes. Sometimes you wish he wasn't, um, you know, like you, you want him to back, but like Davis, Davis is a little bit more, I'm not saying he's, he's a better player, but he is a little bit more like pow. He is a little bit more deferential, um, doesn't like to break the flow of the game. He's not just going to decide F it. This one's on, I'm just, this one's on yeah. me and I'm going to do it. And, you know, we saw with, with Kobe, um, and Phil, a lot of like there was always a little bit, and it's not exactly an apples to apples because I think Davis is actually a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more inclined to be a number one than Powell was. He's also yeah. a better player, so he should be. Um, just saying something because Powell is really good. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Powell, by the way, next, next week. week yeah, because um, reportedly he's going to be retiring. Um, and my God, did we love covering him, man? Oh, like just the best. What a great so. Team. Again, we'll get to that now. I mean, he was just a joy to be around. He was a joy to watch play. Just- yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said it. Like, Pau Gasol was my favorite human being that I have come. We will tell some of those stories next week after the announcement comes. But it's like, 
you know, but there there is enough similarity there that I think you can make that comparison. And um, what they are trying to do, I think, is free him from having to worry about to make any of those calculations, whatever, and and almost even set up the way that the game is played so that he can just go do those dominant things. He's still going to have to, you know, constantly have that forward push, that motor, whatever it is. And it's also interesting too, I thought, Andy, that everyone made clear, it's not like he needs to be prodded. He is a self-starter. It's like, he's not like they're just like this wallflower they're trying to bring out. But it's the difference between Davis being the eighth best player in the NBA or the 10th best player of the night and the third. And if you have another top five, like absolutely consensus top five guy on this time on this team to go with LeBron and go with Russ, that's a different deal. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but that is a vastly different deal. There are certain guys, and you know, because we we've covered the NBA, we've covered the Lakers, right? I believe we're going into our fifteenth or sixteenth season, you know, covering the Lakers in some capacity for different we're outlets. Still four short of LeBron. <laughs> So sad. <laughs> That's crazy. It's good man. for us, but I mean, Jesus, no, no, but LeBron. I know it's 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 puts it things in perspective. Puts a lot in perspective, including just how much more accomplished LeBron is than us. At everything. I don't think that required it. That's <laughs> true. People were pretty aware of that. That is, we're doing that is fine. Definitely true. Sure, most people fall short of the LeBron standard. That's true. That's true. I should go a little easier on herself, but like, you know, we we've been around this a while, and like. There are certain players that will regularly attempt to play above their station. Like, you know, you and I covered Jordan Farmar during his first stint with the Lakers. And Farmar was a, you know, he's a good NBA player. He thought of himself as a star level player, sometime to his own detriment, you know, often, frankly, Mostly. to his own detriment. <laughs> but Jor- Jordan would play in a way that, was very much, you are not going to put me in a box in terms of where you think my ceiling is. Anthony Davis, I, I, he pushes himself. I, w- I want to make sure it's clear. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's like easily satisfied or anything like that, but there's a, there's a, there's an element of not breaking through what might be like a glass ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, like AD, AD sort of slots himself. I think in a lot of ways. I think he slots himself in a hierarchy. I think he slots himself in terms of his role on the court. And you know, I, I, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but like I, I've been lately thinking a lot about the challenge of being a number two guy on a team. And I, and I got to thinking about this from last week on uh, The Right Time with Bomani Jones. He had uh, Vinny Goodwill on as a guest. And the context of this was talking about Ben Simmons. Um, and how Ben Simmons really is best suited to be either the number one for a team built very specifically around him or a number three, but he can't be a number two. Hmm, and being a, being a number two is really tricky on, on a, like an elite team because hold, hold that, because that okay. is, to say the least, we're talking about an elite team, and there are three of these guys now. Okay. All right. So we'll get that next. Davis slots in. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron right now as teams are back on the field for another football season. The NFL season, by the way, has been phenomenal a to start plus. things out. Well done, Shield. Just 
fantastic and as always bet online your number one spot for all pro and college action this season with an updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football so head to the website use your mobile device sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus 5-0 on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right down to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So um, you were making the point, and I think it's an interesting one. You know, when you talk about Simmons, that you know, I agree with you. He he can be your best player if you build the exact team that he needs around him. Um, he can be your, I think, is a very excellent third best player just based on his limitations, and and then you can kind of focus on what's good. Hard to make him your second best, which is part of the reason it didn't work in Philly. Davis is in a little bit of a different context, at least to me, because he's, he's I guess, their second best player behind LeBron. But in a lot of ways, the team is built for him to thrive and would be best if he thrived like its best player. And yeah. he's the only one in their prime. Um, so the dynamic between this big three is is a, such a an unusual one because LeBron refuses to not be excellent. Um, <laughs> he's a real asshole that way. He is. He's just being a, the, the way he's it. you know screwing up the program. <laughs> but like by by insisting on being one of the five best players in the NBA at 37 years old um, in his 19th season, he really does mess with our understanding of how the world is supposed to work. Well, it's but- also too, like being a number two option, like again, on an elite contending team, like there's, there's only a handful of players in the league who are really qualified for that gig in the first place. Because when you're a number two on, on an elite contending team, you are somewhere between like a one a and like a like a 1.9 like not you're not quite a 2 like you you are a really really you're, good you're an player elite level player you are and, you are elite and there's there are the same expectations of you that you would have for any other elite player in the game but everything isn't built around you either and you know that i think the push pull of that the the dynamic of that the complications of that I think it can be really tricky. I think in a lot of ways, like what makes it complicated and tricky can be really underrated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we were talking earlier about Powell, like Powell was an incredible one a, and, you know, like I, I used to say all the time that if you had asked like a bunch of scientists to go to a lab and create the absolute perfect running mate for Kobe, it would have been Powell. Absolutely. Like, you know, Shaq was more devastating, but if you were looking for just Perfect, particularly pow- uh, particularly Kobe at that point in his career when yeah. he wasn't going like Kobe was the alpha alpha and there was there were nor- there were not going to be other alphas yeah. around that was him. But if you were looking for some guy that would complement Kobe perfectly in terms of skill set, in terms of basketball intelligence, in terms of temperament, willingness to defer, but also the ability to take over pockets of games if you need to, like Powell's perfect. You can't do any better than that, but. Powell, like you said, and I agree, there is still a level Anthony Davis has that Powell just wasn't as good. Oh, Davis is a better player. And like how you choose to go about utilizing those talents 
as a number two on a team this good, it's it's a tricky let dance. Me, let, let me ask you this. <laughs> um, when, when you think about Davis as a two, I, it's it's a non-traditional way. He is the two on this team or a three now even potentially in terms of voice, a public voice, mm-hmm. um, in terms of leadership, like the expectation of, you know, big leadership, you know, public stuff and all that. But on the floor, while he is definitely the second best player on the team behind LeBron um, and is a better player at this point in his career than Westbrook, um, that makes him a two. It's not traditional in the sense that he is, I think, by I think most people, if you asked, you know, 100 fans, 100 journalists, 100 whatever players across the NBA, who's going to lead the Lakers in scoring this year? Davis would win that poll over LeBron and Westbrook. I think. Yeah. Do you it's disagree? Probably true. No, yeah, no, it's probably I, true. It's certainly, I, I know it's my, my belief that he will lead the team in scoring. Um, and so it's a, it's almost like being a number two on a team with Chris Paul or something like that, where the, the sort of general floor general. Okay. To, to the point. But it, the, it's really like, isn't you, but a lot of the other stats the the stuff that people see the the scoring the rebounding the block shots the dpoy potential all the like he's set up for all of that stuff so it's a it, he is a he is a two but he's a two with the ability to perform as a one which makes this dynamic interesting and it's because the guys around him who are the other stars are LeBron, our Westbrook, who are perfectly going to be perfectly content to score 22 points a game and pile up 13 assists a night, all of them going to AD if possible. Well, there's also two. There, there is a redundancy between LeBron and Russell Westbrook that I that I do actually think they're going to figure out over the course of the season how best to offset those redundancies, how to work really well together. Like I, I am actually pretty bullish on on their ability to figure this out, but. Davis is not redundant with either one of them. Davis actually on paper, you know, if you removed either guy from this team and said Anthony Davis playing with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis playing with LeBron, fits perfectly. Like it it makes perfect sense. So to your point, it it sets up in a lot of ways those opportunities for those two guys to, to really bring out, like the responsibility of bringing out the best in Anthony Davis is like inherent to their jobs and like inherit right. what you would expect what they'd be doing. Right. It's, it, it's, it is why, you know, I think if the Lakers win, the Lakers stay healthy, they win the Western conference. They've won 62 games or whatever it is in the regular season, all that chances are LeBron probably emerges as the MVP candidate of this group. Um, there's a very good chance. The three of them kind of cannibalize each other and that nobody in the group, gets it but it's not it is not at all impossible to come up with scenarios where anthony davis emerges as as an mvp candidate you know because that which is a cool story like lebron's there westbrook's there you know and because the conditions and the running mates for davis are so prime and it should be noted um and we can wrap up here like that Davis himself is very motivated for this year. Yeah. He's not a yeller, not a yeller, but 
he's not happy with how he played last year. He knows that he, you know, whether you call it bad, whatever, underperformed to the standard that should yes. be expected of him. And mitigating circumstances, all that, but he's healthy, and the and the and the ex, the the those circumstances are not there anymore. I, uh, and it is it is incumbent on him to stay healthy and be a top five guy in this league on a night in night out basis. And if if that happens, the Lakers are going to be almost impossible to beat. Before we go, I, I also just wanted to say because in thinking more and more about this about this dynamic between the number one guy, number two guy, number three guy who can serve in each of those roles. This thing going on right now, this mess in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons and you know what Vinnie Goodwill said about Ben Simmons is either a number one or a number three, but he just can't be, for a variety of reasons, your number two. It reminds me so much of what the Lakers went through with Lamar Odom. And during that period yeah. where Lamar... They before Andrew Bynum really broke out in 2008, uh, 2007, 2008, and then they brought in Powell. There were those couple years where the Lakers were looking for that from Lamar, and Lamar, talent wise, easily could have done that. Like Lamar, nope, you're right. Lamar, in terms terms of talent, was damn near pure talent, was damn near close to being a number one guy, but he was not. Why I'm sure you'll remember this. Like, you would have these philosophical conversations with. Lamar. I mean, you could you could have these open debates with him. He, I mean, he was he was another guy. We talked about Powell. Lamar is just wonderful to be around. And, you know, he would hold court and you would ask him about like the things that, you know, Kobe and Phil wanted him to do in terms of seek out more scoring, be more aggressive. And he would talk about like how it's not how he saw the game. Just not wired you know, that way. Right. And, you know, it's not an apples to apples comparison because I mean, among many reasons, Odom, I think is a way, way, way better teammate than Ben Simmons um, and certainly more loved in a locker room. I mean, Lamar is the most popular athlete in a locker room I've ever been around and was an incredible teammate. But it just, it reminded me so much of that. Just there's certain guys that just, for whatever reason, they have to be at a certain station. And with, with Lamar, he was an incredible number three. Yeah, and figuring out, who, figuring out, and, and like that's the, the art of of these super teams now is finding is why the, the combinations ultimately matter, and they matter on the floor, but they also matter off the floor, and they matter, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. And I think to some degree, it is easier to put them together with guys in their thirties than it is with the guys in their twenties. And yeah. uh, you know, the Lakers, how long it lasts, there are downsides and all that, but the the construction of their big three. From a personality standpoint, I th- that I, I from the beginning I have not thought would be a problem. I mean, and I think from the regular season, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be great. I, I'll reserve my playoff concerns until we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so a few things we didn't actually get to, um, which we'll, we'll look at next week. We'll also open up the mailbag, uh, as we get there and we're going to have a game to talk about Monday morning. Uh, the Lakers, because the Lakers are playing a preseason game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have a little bit of that to talk about. We're, we're back to basketball. Uh, thanks, everybody, for following us every day, listening to us first thing in the morning, every single day, Monday through Friday. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, send us your emails and all that stuff. We'll see you guys next week.